It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 20th, 2018. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Magic's loss to the San Antonio Spurs. There's not a ton to talk about, except for panic and worry and concern, but we'll talk about the Magic's loss of the Spurs, a 129-90 to defeat at the Amway Center, a, a really frustrating a loss uh, for a number of reasons, mostly for how the Magic approached the game and how the Magic eventually ended up playing in the game. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the Magic's absence of Nikola Vucevic and how the Magic's future failed to step up in this game and how the Magic's future is just doesn't seem quite ready yet, and and maybe some of the bigger questions that that brings up. We'll have plenty of that and more coming up here on the show. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking for a more celebratory mood, check out Locked On Spurs. They, they of course, cover the Spurs, do a really good job with that. I'm sure they're much happier than we are here on Locked On Magic about the result of Wednesday's game. You can also check out Locked on Bulls to get you set for Friday's game with the Chicago Bulls. Learn a little bit more about Zach Levine's absence and and what that will do for the Chicago Bulls moving forward. You can also check out every team in the NBA covered by the Locked On Podcast Network. We've also also got the general NBA covered on Locked On NBA, plus MLB, NFL, and college teams covered as well on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Just search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. It came down pretty early in the day that Nikola Vucevic would miss Wednesday's game, the Magic's best player, out for the game to be with his wife and son, of course. Uh, Nikola Vucevic taking a little paternity leave, uh, as and, and as he should, honestly, um, to be with his newborn son, who was born Monday. So congrats again to the to the Vucevic family, Nikola, Nicoletta, and of course, uh, little Philippe. Um, you know, he, he, did, he did a lot of work there to, 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 to be born. 
Um, but uh, congrats to the Vucevic family again. But the schedule marches on. The schedule cares not for any of that. And so the Magic got to start Mo Bamba for the first time in his career. Uh, and honestly, you could use Vucevic's absence as an excuse if you want to, but it's wrong. Guess the Magic would have fared a lot better if Nikola Vucevic had played because he does a lot of things that Mo just doesn't know how to do yet. And certainly offensively, he's much, much more consistent. But none of that would have mattered because the Spurs absolutely wrecked the Orlando Magic. The Spurs beat him from start to finish and it was never really even close. So yeah, Nikola Vucevic could have played Yeah, I'll grant you, the Magic were not 39 points worse than the San Antonio Spurs in this game. But the Spurs were winning this game. Because the Magic just did not put in the focus and intensity that they need to win. We we talk about this, we talked about this yesterday on the show, and we talked about ugly wins. That it's really a statement about who you are as 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 a culture and an identity. That you stick to what you know you can do. You find a way... To, to, to do the things that you need to do to win, and they don't change game to game. They don't change personnel to personnel. S- someone's out, you're not going to have everyone all 82 games. Someone's out, you step up, Someone the next man steps up and does, what, does their job and does what they need to do. And that's not to say Mo Bamba didn't step up and do his job. He, he didn't, he didn't. He was a rookie. He made rookie mistakes. It, it did, I wouldn't say it set the tone for everything, but certainly Vucevic is much better at the things that, that Bamba struggled with than, than Bamba is. So, the Magic were already kind of on the back foot. And again, it wasn't just Bamba, it was everyone. It was poor pick-and-roll coverage. Bamba just didn't do a good job setting the angle or attacking the ball handler to force him where the Magic needed to force him. And Ken Burch didn't do much better, to be perfectly honest. And so the Spurs were able to run pick and rolls with relative impunity, get, getting to the basket, getting to the paint, causing the defense to collapse, dishing out to open three-point shooters, and they made a lot of those. They made a lot of three-pointers in this game. It felt like a lot. They didn't miss very many. When the Magic missed because their offense really struggled without Nikola Vucevic, when they missed because they couldn't get open shots, they couldn't move the ball, or they frankly just went where the Spurs wanted them to go, that led to transition opportunities, and one of the worst teams at getting fast break points in the league had 21 in the first half. This game was over by the middle of the second quarter, and, and the Magic just really couldn't mount any kind of charge. Yes, Orlando and Orlando for the game ends up shooting 38.2%. Their 12 for 31 three-pointers are fine. But what's really bad about this game was that the Magic fell into every trap the Spurs laid. The Spurs gave the Magic the short mid-range baseline jumper and trapped them. No way out. They trapped Aaron Gordon in the post, scrambled and, and defended well. And Orlando couldn't get the easy shots, couldn't get really to the foul line, although they had 17 free throw attempts, which is good for the Magic. They couldn't get to the foul line. They couldn't generate good looks consistently. And you could see the frustration growing and growing and growing because... Instead of getting back sometimes, you'd see Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, DJ Augustin even look at the refs like, where's the call? You could tell how much they were trying to force things and the ball movement died. 19 assists on 34 field goal makes. Not, not a good number for the Magic. 
You could feel that ball movement die, and Orlando was just unable to recover. Defensively, again, the same thing happened. Every trap the Spurs laid, the Magic fell into. The poor pick and roll coverage, the uh, the giving up cuts, a lot of baskets off cuts, transition opportunities, getting just caught napping. We've said this time and time and time again that the Magic, in order to win, in order to be successful, have a very small margin for error. Their window is very tight. And it's not easy for them to climb through it. So when one thing, when one pillar falls, the whole thing crumbles. And that's really what we saw Wednesday night. How quickly that pillar can crumble. And you could sense how frustrated that locker room was with this performance. Yeah, the lack of, um, lack of fight, lack of, uh, you know, just readiness. Uh, like I said, you know, when, when, when you're a team like us, you know, that wants to prove, you know, a lot of things, you know, you have to come out uh, a certain way. You know, you have to be yeah, thirsty for, th- thirsty to be a good team, thirsty to make the playoffs. And sometimes we act like, you know, we, uh, we've been there before and we haven't. So it's, that's the main problem. There's no denying that because, yes, this is a Magic team that that has playoff aspirations, has playoff ambitions, has playoff goals, and has playoff expectations now. And yet, through the last five games, the Magic have laid eggs. Sure, the Indiana game, maybe the team was just flat, and and, and Dallas, even the defense was better, was was fine, was actually at the team's average, even though they got blown out pretty, pretty badly there. The team's offense has not been acceptable for the last five games at least. Certainly, the Denver game, they played really well, but they, they haven't play, had a good offensive game since then, so now more than a week. Now two weeks, actually. And the defense can only do so much. It can't do much when the Spurs are getting whatever they want in transition, when the coach is calling the team out for not getting back in transition, when they're getting open threes, when they're doing whatever they want. Yes, San Antonio made tough shots, but if you take those tough shots out, San Antonio still wins this game easily because the Magic didn't do what they needed to do to win. And so you move on to the next, of course, because you got no other option. And you just hope that this is a blip in the radar. But unfortunately, with three of the last five games ending in blowouts, it doesn't feel that way. This team is still drastically inconsistent and still has that incredibly tiny margin for error. If they don't play at a high level, at a focused, intense level for the majority of the game, they're going to get cooked. And they got absolutely cooked against the Spurs. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through that final box score for you real fast. There are not a lot of numbers to talk about here, but we'll talk about a few. DJ Augustin, 17 points, 6 for 10, shooting 3 for 5 from beyond the arc. Uh, In my opinion, really, the only player 
who had a good game or had a decent game. Um, I thought offensively he did a good job kind of balancing his shots. He had one play that was bad where he you know does this thing where he tries to lean into someone to draw the foul. He didn't get the call. Sort of looked kind of silly. Um, but overall, I thought Augustin plays well. I mean, I think he count on Augustin for very consistent play. I know that with the trade market open, there's a lot of people saying, oh, the managers should go out and get in their point guard of the future. Um, you know, that's, that, that is certainly a big priority in the trade market. I'm not sensing that this team's going to make a major move. Um, certainly not one that's going to disrupt a whole lot of things. And honestly, DJ Augustin has been more than serviceable over the course of the season. So whatever happens, happens, of course. But Augustin, I thought, did good things overall. Defensively, he was bad like everyone else. Um, but, uh, you know, I honestly thought the Magic should have gotten the ball into Augustine's hands more, let him probe around and try and warp the defense a little bit because he's so he's so good at keeping his dribble and and finding cutters. So so I thought that would have brought more energy, so I thought the Magic should have gotten him the ball just a hair more. Evan Fournier, 12 points, 5 for 15, shooting 2 for 6 from beyond the arc. Um, Fournier had a really strong start to the game. Uh, towards seven of his 12 points in the first quarter. Augustin also had seven, so kept the team afloat and, and was one of the few guys making shots early in the game, but eventually he too would miss a lot of shots. And, you know, the Magic's whole... Uh, this, I'm, I, I'm pretty much going to ignore the defense at this point because the Magic's whole defensive uh, group was terrible. Um, did not do a good job tracking players off the ball. There was scramble as early on in the game. They were trying to close out, but man, the pick and roll defense was just so bad. And it, some of it falls on the big, some of it falls out on the guards. It didn't feel like to me watching this team play defense that they were picking up the slack for not having Vucevic there. That they weren't going that extra mile to to make Bamba's life a little bit easier to to, to kind of pick him up. They just kind of did what they do when Vucevic is there, and and, and I think we saw. How much ground Vucevic covers? Not all of it. It, it. it didn't. It wasn't at the intensity level the Magic need, but it certainly didn't feel like the Magic, you know, had a, a huge sense of urgency or a sense of um, a sense of you know intensity that you would need to play without your best player. And so, um, you know, not not a good effort there. Aaron Gordon finished twelve points, four for ten shooting, two for three from beyond the arc, nine rebounds, seven assists. Uh, if it weren't for turnovers, if it weren't for a few, his poor field goal percentage, you might say Aaron Gordon had a decent game. But, um, you know, he I thought he did a good job early on, especially getting others involved. Um, he was trying not to take bad shots for the most part, especially in the first quarter. But by the second quarter, he was trying to look for his own a little bit too much to my liking. I, I, and I think, you know, I, I've said this, Gordon's reverted to hero ball sometimes, I think, when... The team is struggling, and, and he's trying to force things to to get the team out of the rut and, and make things happen offensively because either he feels it's his responsibility or because that's what he should be doing. And, and some of it's a little bit of both, actually. Um, but when he forces offense, it gets really ugly. And, and the Spurs, again, like I said, I felt like the Spurs laid several traps for the Magic, and the Magic fell into every single one of them. One of them being drive into that mid-range, mid like just outside the paint, get trapped and put up forced jumpers. They forced Gordon to take a lot of forced mid-range jumpers over 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 contests. Um, some of that with the shot clock winding down, so not completely his fault. Um, but every time he touched the ball in the low post, they doubled him. They, they did a good job corralling him where they wanted him to go, and that hurt his offense. When he was able to get into the lane, he did a good job dishing the ball out. I think the playmaking from Gordon has been fantastic this year. Um, this is his second time in three games having seven assists. So he's doing good things, and I think he is growing and getting better. But, you know, especially with Nikola Vucevic out, 
you wanted to see Aaron Gordon have a big game. Seeing him take only 10 shots, and he took 10 shots in 31 minutes. Seeing him only take 10 shots, and a lot of those coming in the third and fourth quarter when the game was already over, a little disappointing. And, and again, I don't want to see Gordon four shots. It's got to be coming through the offense. And, and Clifford Nett made an interesting point saying after the game that, you know, when Aaron Gordon's at his best, he's getting shots in transition, off cuts, and off of a... Um, shoot, what was it? Off, off transition, off cuts, and off offensive rebounds. Magic were missing a lot of shots, not getting a lot of offensive rebounds. They had 11 in the game, so there were some opportunities there. Magic weren't getting a lot of transition opportunities because they weren't getting a lot of stops. And the Magic didn't have a lot of ball movement and cutting. And And Clifford said, you know, if there's one player that really loses something from Nikola Vucevic not being out there, it's Aaron Gordon because Vucevic's passing is so good and his shooting so good that it spaces the floor for those cuts. Bamba can shoot and space the floor a little bit, but uh, I don't think I think teams are happy to let Bamba shoot threes, um, especially in the situations the Magic are putting in put would put him in as a starter. So Gordon's game a little depressed without Vucevic out there. Uh, you know, again, I think he I think I generally think that when Gordon forces things when he's not playing the way the Magic need him to play, it's not coming from a bad place. It's coming from a place that he's trying to get the team going. He's he's feeling that responsibility and. You know, I think most Magic fans would say that he does have a little bit of that responsibility. I expected him to have a bigger game to, to, uh, on Wednesday night without Nikola Vucevic there, um, but it, it, it's just not working that way for him. And again, I think that, again the Magic's margin for error is so small. They've got to execute their game plan, their plays, to get where they want to go. Jonathan Isaac with 10 points on 4 for 8, shooting 5 rebounds, a lot of that coming late. Um, you know, just a average game for J.I. Um, defensively, I thought he was generally fine. I thought the Magic, especially in that first quarter, did some nice things switching with Isaac and Gordon. You can see why that lineup makes sense defensively. But without the, the three-point shooting, it, it struggles on, on offense, and, and that's going to be a big, big point of contention moving forward. Um, Mo Bamba in his first start, seven points, two for seven shooting, uh, 0 for three from beyond the arc, uh, eight rebounds for him, as well as two blocked shots. Um, Bamba is a rookie and is still learning how to play in the NBA, still learning the detail that he needs. And that was abundantly clear throughout this game that Bamba was really struggling to just execute the basic pick-and-roll defense, and that really hurt the Magic um, all the way through. And, and, and I think the Spurs attacked it again and again and again. On top of that, his lack of strength really hurts him uh, when he's growing up against uh, uh, tough, tough post players like LaMarcus Aldridge. And so overall, it was just a bad matchup to have Mo Bamba have to take this start. Um, you know, I hope it. Does, I don't think it'll kill the kid's confidence. I thought he did do some nice things. I thought he was active around the basket, trying. He's trying, at the very least. But certainly, uh, I think he favored his jumper a little bit too much. Wasn't great on the offensive glass. Um, you know, and again, pick and roll coverage just wasn't where it needed to be for this team to succeed. Off the bench, a couple of notable scores: Jaron Grant with nine points, four for eight shooting, four assists. Good game for him. Quietly. Terrence Ross, 7 points, 3 for 11. We've seen Ross have bad shooting nights before. Just happens every once in a while. Jonathan Simmons, 8 points, 4 for 6 shooting for him. Orlando only scores 90 points. They shoot 38.2% from the floor, 38.7% from beyond the arc. They get 11 offensive rebounds, turn the ball over 13 times, but the Spurs just too much, too much, too much. They shoot 64.9% from the floor, 12 for 19 from beyond the arc. They get 20 from LaMarcus Aldridge. 17 each from DeMar DeRozan and Bryn Forbes. Forbes making three three-pointers. Marco Bellinelli off the bench scores 18, and Rudy Gay has 14. The San Antonio Spurs defeat the Orlando Magic 129-90 at the Amway Center. Magic next in action Friday night against 
the Chicago Bulls. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the early part of the season, we've been waiting to see the Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon lineup, the big lineup as we like to call it, the victorious B.I.G. And, you know, despite the fact that the Magic are in playoff position, and, and, and you know, despite that fact, there is at least one eye on the future of this team. I think we all recognize that if a championship is the goal, ultimately, that the current group that's constructed is not going to get there. They might be a playoff team. I, I think. I think they can be. I think. That, I think they have that potential in them. But a championship, not likely. Again, that margin for error is extraordinarily small. And so, at some point, and it didn't have to be immediately. At some point the Magic would have to see this supposed core of the future get its first look. Be out on the floor together. And and just because of, the, again, the way Nikola Vucevic is playing and the way the lineups have shaken out, we haven't seen very much of it. In fact, entering Wednesday's game, the Magic had only played Isaac, Bamba, and Gordon together for a paltry nine minutes. In fact, they played more minutes together on Wednesday night, 11, than they had the entire season before. So we're talking extremely small sample sizes. The results, though, are not encouraging. Small sample sizes. Entering the game, Orlando had a 55.6 offensive rating, 89.5 defensive rating with that trio in. On Wednesday night alone, a 114.3 offensive rating and a 136.4 defensive rating. Again, small sample sizes. But generally, you can say that the offense is really bad with those three in because essentially three of your five players are not known as shooters. And that was always a concern of the core of the Magic we're building. But, to be perfectly fair, this isn't the time or the place that those three need to take over. And Wednesday served as a reminder of that. That yes, eventually the Magic will turn things over to this trio, that the Magic will become the victorious B.I.G. If, if everything goes according to plan. But that's not today. That group today isn't going to win very much. Not with where Isaac's at, probably a little bit behind offensively, although very promising defensively, and where Bamba's at, 
extremely raw and not really ready to play starters minutes, at least for a winning team. If anything, Wednesday night, the biggest disappointment was that Aaron Gordon couldn't do more and that Aaron Gordon has continued to go through a relatively cold streak over the last four games where he's shooting about 30% from the floor and averaging less than 10 points per game. That's something that needs to change because Aaron Gordon is a better player, and we know that. But the bottom line here is that the Magic got to see that future group on the floor together, playing meaningful games, playing meaningful minutes together. And they couldn't really deliver. Again, that might be the future, but it's not the present. And really, no matter how you cut it or slice it, the Magic still need those stalwarts of the past to buttress and hold up the present. You know, the great debate going on among Magic fans that, that I've seen on Twitter that, that, I, that, I, that I deal with a lot is whether the playoffs are worth it. And they are. But it's always the great internal debate of rebuilding teams. How do you measure success, number one? Surprise success. What do you do with it? And how do you adjust your plan? I would argue to you that making the playoffs is infinitely more valuable to the team than anything else because of the experience it gives your young players. Aaron Gordon playing in meaningful meaningful games in April will do wonders for him, just like it would for Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier. And heck, if you want to talk about trade value, Evan Fournier coming off a playoff season when he's been on a national stage where everyone can see him is a lot better than bowing out before that's before you can get to that stage. So th- there is value to it. Then again, we can clearly see that this team is not complete yet. Regardless of any of that, the Magic are going to let the season play out how it plays out. And, and I've said this before, I really believe that this is a no-lose season again for the Magic. Winning is good because winning is always good. And it's part of the culture you want to build. But you go back to the lottery, it's not the end of the world either. For the record, I don't think the I don't think the Magic will be in that deep lottery. I think that they will play well enough to be in this playoff race past the All-Star break, past the trade deadline. And that's going to affect a lot of the decisions they make this year. But they're still going to have to be a little patient with the big lineup with the B.I.G. lineup. They're going to have to be a little patient with how this group comes together and how they develop because they're not there yet. Orlando still needs Nikola Vucevic and all that he does to win games. The Magic still need Evan Fournier and all that he does to win games. They still need a lot of Aaron Gordon and all that he does to win games. They still need D.J. Augustin and all that he does to win games. Wednesday was not all about Bamba, Isaac, and Gordon. Not by a long shot. The Magic were bad all the way through. B.I.G. or not. 
They were bad. But to me, what's most disappointing is that we got a very clear picture that these three key young players are not ready or or couldn't, at least Wednesday night, step up to the plate, step up into that spotlight and deliver for their team. They'll get their chance again. This won't be the last time we see them. But if Wednesday served as a checkup of where Bamba's at, of where Isaac's at, of to some extent where Gordon's at, if Wednesday was a checkup for that, the future does seem pretty far away. And for now, the Magic need their present to take over. And especially to lead. I want to thank you all again for, li- for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. We'll have a complete preview of the Magic's game against the Chicago Bulls on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.